Hey, this is Max Locato, and you're listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Max Locato. Max Locato is a pastor and author of many books, and he's recently released Help Is Here, which is out now. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Jesse, I have a story for you. Uh, Let's hear it, man. Out of Beijing, China. This is one for the books. Chinese media says a man has been found safe after he spent two days aloft in a hydrogen balloon, traveling about 200 miles after it became untethered and flew away while he was using it to harvest pine nuts from a tree. The man identified only by his surname, Hu, and a partner were collecting pine nuts on Sunday in a forest park. Uh, when they lost control and the balloon sailed off, the other person jumped to the ground and searched, was launched for the escaped balloon and who. The state broadcaster CCTV said rescuers were able to contact the man by cell phone the following morning and instructed him to slowly deflate the balloon to land safely. It says it took another day before he reached the ground about 200 miles to the northeast in Fangxing region, close to the border with Russia. They said he was in good health apart from a pain in his lower back possibly from standing the entire time he was in the air man um that's insane i mean like that's i think about the the work hazards i've faced before and i've never been in danger of flying 200 miles in a balloon so i mean and and i didn't know that was a thing collecting you said he was collecting pine nuts nuts Uh or something Uh pine nuts why would you need a a hydrogen balloon to collect pine nuts? I mean, ladders seem like a much better option. I feel like that's a little overkill. It's crazy, though. I just can't imagine being stuck in a balloon for that long of a period. I mean, two days. I mean, yeah, yeah that's um, – I wonder if – I wonder if he was um, – I wonder if he collected all the pine nuts he was supposed to get. <laughs> Well, he's officially fired from his job because he didn't get his quota on pine nuts. <laughs> it was a no call no. Well, he's a no call no show for two days. My good, and he stole company property. I just feel like somebody had to have thought about that, right? Like, hey, what happens if that balloon that we're using to get pine nuts, um, what if it becomes untied with a with a human in it? Right. Let alone the. I mean, forget the pine nuts, right? Uh, oh, I'm sure. He, well, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. crazy. Sorry, who, but we're glad you're better. Who? <laughs> well, who went into the balloon? Correct. <laughs> you're not getting me on that one. Who, who did it? <laughs> So as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we had the opportunity to talk with Max Lucado, who has been a part of our lives since we were children. And and we were just talking before we recorded today, you know, what books do we mention that he's written? And I started listing them off to Jacob, and it took me about six or seven minutes into listing the names of the books, and I wasn't even finished. 
naming all of the books he's written. Um, been a big part of a lot of um, Christians' lives. Right. I would. I would. For a long I would time. be safe to say a lot of the majority of Christians out there probably own a Max Lucado book or have at one time. Yeah, even if, whether they know it or not. Yeah, or they've seen one of the cartoons. The, the I have to forget what it is. The Her, Hermie or or in in the, yeah, the one the, with the puppet. You know, I have a funny Max Lucado story. When we lived in San Antonio a few years ago, we went to uh, we we met the worship pastor that was at um, Max's church um, at a marriage ministry that we were involved in and so we became friends with the worship leader and he invited us to his church at first i didn't know it was max's church that he had that he was um pastor at until we got there and um the, or maybe we looked it up the day before and i was like oh my goodness i was like that's max's church that's crazy and so we got there that day because they invited us to go and uh we 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 went in and uh we were late we had a newborn we had everything falling apart, diaper situation in the van when we pulled up. Um, we were just running really behind, which drives me crazy. I don't like being late. And we show up to, you know, we finally get uh, our son checked in to nursery. You know, first time kid, it takes a while. You got to fill all the paperwork. So by this time, we're about 15 minutes late um, to the worship service. And we're just expecting, oh, we're going to have to sit in the overflow room they have because once the, the chapel's full. You know, they, they had like a, a an overflow room. So we walk up and this usher looks at us. Maybe he just had pity on us because we looked super frazzled with the morning we had had. And I was just, you know, I was frustrated from running late. I hate being late for stuff. It drives me absolutely crazy. And we, this usher saw us and he comes up and he's like, hey, you, just the two of you guys, you, you, uh, you need a seat. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that. thank you so much. And I'm expecting, you know, worship's on the last song by now. Surely he's just going to put us somewhere in the back. I can just kind of sink in here, say hi to my friend afterwards, um, and, you know, just not be noticed because I'm late. Well, the usher's like, yeah, follow me right this way. Well, he proceeds to walk my wife and I all the way down to the very front row of the church the in front of all these thousands of people. He walks us right past him as the last worship song is ending and the super late people go all the way to the front row. And uh, as the last song is ending up, and we, we, he, he's like, oh, right here, I got the seat for you. So we sit up there. I'm super embarrassed that, you know, I just at this point, I think, oh, my gosh, everybody notices the late guy coming in. And um, so we're there in the last worship song. And this guy that this um, guy that was on the aisle next to us as we got there, he was like, oh. Good to see you or something. Good morning. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah. And or what I, I don't remember exactly what we said. But, you know, service starts and um, worship leader, they have some announcements. And, and, and my friend, who was the worship leader, you know, ended up and everything. And another guy came and invited Max up. And, and at this point in my life, I had never seen Max before. I, I knew his name, I didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> and they invited Max up. They said, hey, we're going to have, you know, Pastor Max come up and, um, pray or I don't remember he was going up for something and sure enough it was the guy that we sat right next to was Max Licato and I was like it for me in that moment I was like you've got to be kidding me the first time I visited his church my friend who was the worship pastor saw me come in late 
all of these things happen. And of course, the guy that watched me walk into church late, frustrated, angry, with a scowl on my face. Of course it was Max Lucado. <laughs> I sat right next to. Um, but he was gracious and super kind. And in our interview, he was the exact same. We have Max Lucado with us today. Max, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today. Well, I tell you one thing. It is my honor, my honor. Uh, you guys are just uh, really gracious to let me butt in on your conversation. <laughs> well, Max, you uh, you know you, you're you're teaching pastor at Oaks Hill Oak Hill Church in San Antonio. You've written um, how many books have you written? You know, I just go for a qua quantity and not quality and so yeah. i just <laughs> you're you know you you speak you you write books uh they're known all over the world in different languages and so can you tell us a brief um a condensed version i guess of how you became an author and how you got into the ministry yeah i can do that and in doing so uh, even set up this book we're going to talk about today because those are those two to topics are really interrelated. Um, sure. The super condensed version. Uh, yeah. a, a, as an 18-year-old, I was a six-pack-a-night kid. I was a bum. I would be the one you would tell your daughters never go out with that guy. I was I was a troublemaker. I was a brawler. I was a womanizer. I was just not much and. Uh, my dad said, if you want to go to college, the only place I'll help you with tuition is a Christian college because he knew I was a mess. And so I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. And so I said, well, yeah, I'll take the help with the tuition. So I ended up in a West Texas college called Abilene Christian University. And uh, there I made good friends and those friends had a good influence on me. And they convinced me that God's grace was greater than my sin. And I came back to Christ and um, literally rerouted my trajectory of life, ended up becoming a missionary. Uh, and then as a missionary, that's when I began to write. And in the writing, uh, it, it, as we were studying Portuguese during the day, we lived in Brazil, I would write at night and uh, I shared what I was writing with some people, and they said, you ought to try to get it published. And so I put a book together, mailed it out to 15 publishers. 14 rejected it, but the 15th one said yes. And that opened the door uh, not only to writing, but also to coming back to the U.S. as a pastor. I, I decided I want to be a pastor. Uh, I believed in great grace, God's great grace, I, I just was a walking testimony to God's forgiveness. But ask me about the Holy Spirit, and I was clueless. It's not anyone's fault but my own. But I did not understand the Holy Spirit until I bottomed out at the age of 35. I was two years into my role as a senior pastor, and I just ran out of fuel. I just realized I was running on my own strength and not learning to lean on the Lord's. I developed a case of insomnia that kept me up days at a time. And in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep, that's when I would pray. And it, it was crying out to the Lord. I mean, it was real groans of the heart. And uh, 
little by little, the Lord began to restore my strength. Uh, I found many answered prayers. We witnessed some miraculous healings in our church. And uh, I, I was studying one day in John 14, and I heard Jesus describe the Holy Spirit as our comforter, our counselor. And I said, I know who that is. And so ever since then, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, and been fascinated by the idea that I can have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. So that, that kind of how the book began. Uh, many years later, I thought, you know, I need to, before I run out of time, write about <laughs> what I've learned about the Holy Spirit. So now I'm 67 years old. It's been about 32 years since I really felt that uh, beginning of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But finally, I turned it into a book. Wow. Well, it's it's an amazing book. I just finished it the other night, and um, there were so many moments, like those aha moments. And I would be reading it in bed, and I'd wake up my wife and be like, "Oh my gosh, we just went through this, or or we just went through that." And you know, the Holy Spirit has always—he's a protector, and he's always—you know—he always speaks yes, to me, and uh, it's yes, it is just amazing. A lot of it was just an aha moments, and so really, really enjoyed the well, book. And so, well, thank you. In your book, you talk about the Holy Spirit bringing peace to chaos, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. last couple of years have been chaos. And so, have how does not, the boy. how does the Holy Spirit yeah. bring peace into someone's personal chaos? Um, well, in in the world too. Yeah. Um, well, you think about the way Jesus. This sounds like we should all know this, right? But the only authority on the Holy Spirit is Jesus, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So, so whenever He speaks about the Holy Spirit, that's when we all perk up. Right? I might give my opinion and tell you my experience, but all of us are first graders when it comes to understanding the Holy Spirit. Sure. Only Jesus Christ really does. Okay. So in John fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. We have the beautiful sermon uh, teaching of Christ uh, given the night before his crucifixion and largely about the Holy Spirit. Uh, he gives us the promise of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the person of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us the purpose of the Holy Spirit. You can tell I'm a preacher. I have three points and they all begin with the same letter. <laughs> but there is the promise he said i I must go away so the holy spirit can come to you he Mm -hmm. tells us the person the 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 holy spirit is not an it Uh, jesus calls him 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 Mm -hmm. so he's a living being with emotions and feelings and then the purpose of the spirit is to come alongside us to be there with us. And so to answer your question, it seemed like it took me forever to get to your question, right? <laughs> to answer your question, how does the Holy Spirit bring peace? Well, he comes alongside us. He is a um, he, he is a mystery. We must let him be. The mystery is intended to be. Even Jesus said he's like the wind. From where he comes, we don't know where he's going. We don't know. He, we can never think that we... Uh, can rub a lamp and a genie's going to pop out called the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. that's hypocrisy. That's heresy. So, but we do know that he has promised not only to be with us, but to take up residence within us. So how does he bring peace? I don't know. 
<laughs> he just does. He just does. And all over the world, people will say amen to that because yeah. he just does. He has promised to, to bring peace into our world. And yeah. uh, I, I so long, uh, if you allow me just to elaborate one more paragraph. Sure. I so long, I just long for people to know this peace. I, I, was, I was struck the other day when the government announced that we now have a three-digit number for suicide hotline, just like mm -hmm. we have 911, yeah. you know, for uh, for tragedy or accident. We have so many suicide attempts that the government has said we need to create a special number just for that. What does that say about us, brother? Mm. What does that say about our society? We're just beat up. Yeah. We're angry at one another. We're, we're distant from God. And we're ta it's taking its toll, especially on the younger generation, sure. you know. And so I so long for this supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit to be a comfort to people all around the world. Yeah, that's good. My, um, I have an 11-year-old boy, and, you know, we, we he's been raised in church, and he's been asking about the Holy Spirit. And a couple weeks ago, he was in the back room watching TV, and he comes back in, and he says, Daddy, he said, uh, I was flipping through the channels, and then something came on, and it, it was... Um, you know, just the agenda that the world wants people to see and, um, you know, without getting into too much detail, just just the, the world's agenda and just shoving things in our kids' faces and things like that. And he said, but I just felt the need to, to turn it over and then just ask God to help them. <laughs> I said, well, that was good, buddy. Said, that. That's, the, whole, that's okay. the Holy Spirit speaking through you. That is. And, that and talk, is. talking to you and saying, hey, that's not yeah. right. But I'm going to pray for that and pray for you, pray for, you know, all that. And yeah, um, yeah. so, you know, he, he really does talk to us if we just listen. He does. He does. You, you know, uh, one reason that I had not written a book about the Holy Spirit, even though I'd written a book about a lot of things, is that I thought, what do I have to say that hasn't been said about the Holy Spirit? And how can I describe the Holy Spirit in a fresh and inviting way? And uh, I felt like the Lord gave me an answer to that question uh, because there are so many different metaphors or word pictures that describe the Holy Spirit. As you read the book, you know that, 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 that I, just, I just used a dozen, but there are many yeah. more. Like the Holy Spirit is wind. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is a dove. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is breath on bones. The Holy Spirit is anointing oil. So all of these images exist to help us understand an mm -hmm. aspect or, or characteristic of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. I believe the Holy Spirit came alongside your son there as the counselor, the mm -hmm. counselor saying, don't listen to this, pray about it, don't give in to that. These voices uh, this voice of the Holy Spirit is there to guard us and to keep us. Sure. So I know that as a dad, that made you real proud yeah. that your son was uh, was responsive and sensitive to the oh, yeah. leading of the Spirit. Yeah. In your book, you talk about um, how the peace of the Holy Spirit, talk about that. And so how is the peace of the Holy Spirit different from the peace that we experience um, elsewhere, like in, you know, the world? Yeah, well, the, well, the peace of the world is 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 fleeting. It's not permanent. 
mm-hmm. and it's not based it, it's based upon human achievement you know if we negotiate a peace treaty you know it's it's only to, as good as human beings are and we human beings are not that good mm-hmm. but there is a peace that Christ promises that is his peace my peace I give unto you he said my peace not as the world gives but my peace I give unto you. And the promise in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving and the peace of God Mm. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we try to envision whatever peace is in heaven. Boy, I'm so looking forward to heaven, (laughs) Jacob. I really am. As I get yeah. older, uh, I, I remember growing up, I would hear older people say, you know, I'm, I think about heaven more. And now mm-hmm. I'm saying that. <laughs> I, I, I think about heaven more. Sure. One thing that appeals to me about heaven is that it truly will be a place of peace, mm-hmm. of pure mm-hmm. peace. No pain, no sorrow, mm-hmm. no tears. So the peace of God from heaven is promised to me now. And it's a peace that nobody can take from me. Now, that peace is always under attack. Satan always wants to cause me to doubt it and question it. And if, even in my, my and, and I do my part, I, I tend to, you know, be disobedient and forget that God, I work for God, not God works for me. Right. You know, I, I, t- I get think my role's reversed. But it's always there. The peace of God is always there no matter what the uh, circumstances are. Peace does not mean there'll be no pain or problems, but it does mean that God will be there to help me get through them. Right. Max, in your book, you talk about um, anxiety in your own life. So what what role has the Holy Spirit played in in your own life, fighting anxiety and and times like that? And how, how does God use his Holy Spirit to guide us in making tough decisions. Yeah. Well, again, we think about the role of the Holy Spirit as described in these different metaphors. Yeah. Uh, And one of them is gift giver. Mm. Uh, You ask, what role has the Holy Spirit played in in helping me manage my own anxieties? Uh, I'm a pleaser, Jacob. Mm -hmm. I want to say yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody says, would you come and speak at our church? I want to go say yes. Yeah. Uh, and I have my whole life and I've gotten myself in trouble because I, I get exhausted. Uh, I get weary, but I didn't know how to manage, uh, the many requests that come in, into life. Well, but here's how the Holy Spirit brought peace to me. Uh, it was revealed to me, as it revealed to all of us, that the, not everybody has the same giftings. Uh, you, you, you know, Jacob, you have unique giftings and unique abilities, and there's not another Jacob in the whole world who has what you have. And the same is true with Max. I've got my struggles, but I've also got some spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're, it was determined by the Holy Spirit that I would have certain gifts and that you would have certain gifts. Now, we honor the Spirit when we identify what our unique gifts are and we live out of those giftings. I believe we dishonor the Spirit 
when I just say yes to any invitation to do anything just because I want to please somebody. That's really selfish uh, mm-hmm. in a sense. It's, it's really uh, not good stewardship. So my anxiety level began to lift, uh, Jacob, when I realized I don't have to do everything for everybody. Right. And that it is a, a, a no is every bit as godly as a yes. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, you yeah. know, when I say, you know, I know you want me to serve on your board, but the truth is you don't want me to serve on your board. Because I don't like budgets, I don't like meetings, <laughs> you know. And so, a little by little, I began to extract myself away from what the Holy Spirit had not called me to do, and understand more what the Holy Spirit had called me to do. And I was so amazed how the anxiety level uh, began to lift. So, I, I, that's a practical answer, I think, to to the question of anxiety. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times in our walk, we, we want to do things on our own. And um, a lot of times we just we won't give our, our situation to God and we're like, we can handle it. Um, mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit will say, you know, I, you know, try to try to, you know, he, he wants to talk to us and but we don't we shut him out. And so what impact could we have on this world if, if us believers let the Holy Spirit and our gifts um, flow through us? And, you know, what, what yeah. would happen in our society if we, yeah. we just gave yeah. that control? Well, we have answers to, to that question because our society has known revivals in the past. Sure. Um, we have known great awakenings. Uh, one of the ones that I've enjoyed uh, reading about uh, actually was was born in Kentucky. Don't you have family in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> we love Kentucky. Yes. Um, but there's a there was a great revival that began in in Kentucky called the Cane Ridge Revival. Yes, I've and been the there. Cane Ridge Revival. Have you really? Yes, got to go have, there with the you, ministry. Uh, there was no services going on. We just toured it and walked, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was. It's so cool you got, because you got acquainted. Go yeah, ahead. they have you ever been there? Never. Okay, Never. so the original, uh, I guess, uh, sanctuary building is there, and then they built another like cobblestone building over that to protect it, and yeah. so you walk okay. in, and there's like a little lobby. And then you walk into the original place where they had the, the meetings. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you, you asked the question, you know, could there come a time in which the Holy Spirit could change our society? What began there in 1801, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, as you well know, because you've been there, uh, resulted in a revival, not just for that region, but that spilled over into the entire society. I've got my book open right now, okay, yeah. that about this. And uh, I'm quoting one historian who said it was the most important religious gathering in all of American history. Mm. It's been called the Second Great Awakening. And as a result of a, of a simple prayer meeting, 
that was to take place at Cane Ridge. What was supposed to be a group of maybe a thousand people turned into 20,000 people. And they yeah. came and stayed not just for two or three days, but for two or three weeks. And they continued to pray and they continued to preach and they continued to have communion. They had communion services and it was no small thing. People were wailing and crying. It was very dramatic. I mean, it would raise a few eyebrows today, but it was, it was a bit of a Pentecost, you know, it was a, a falling of the Holy Spirit. And the second great awakening resulted in, again, I'm reading this, during the first half of the 19th century, church attendance increased, societal reforms began, the awakening contributed directly to the abolition of slavery and the defense of women's rights. So it was more than just some church event, but it spilled over even into the decisions of how we run our country. Mm -hmm. Well, we can look at uh, clusters of revivals like that through the years. And I'm praying, as I know you, many are, and I know you are, for another one, another revival. I think we're just so weary. Then mm -hmm. uh, a downpour of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Would that not be a wonderful thing to witness in yeah. our lifetime? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe it's going to happen. Uh, May it be I mean, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the world, the world, you know, I think Jesus. we're getting desperate. We're getting desperate. You know, people are tired of trusting uh, the some of my best friends are in politics. So I say yeah. this with great respect, but we, we've we've thought the government could fix us. Mm. Uh, we thought schools could fix us. But the only thing that can fix us is a genuine relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then we have the power of the Holy Spirit to, to lead us and guide us. There's a new version of our country that's just waiting to happen. Yeah. And may it, may it happen. Yeah. But here's Amen. the deal. We can't force it. You know, right. when I was growing up, maybe you had this too, Jacob. When I was growing up, our little church there in West Texas, once a year, would hang a wooden sign that said revival. We would hang a wooden sign out <laughs> and it said revival. And I never thought much about it until years later. I thought, didn't we really think that hanging a sign out would say revival would cause a revival? <laughs> okay, God, you got three, three, three or four days to make this happen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Then the sign goes back in the back in the woodshed. Right. We'll revisit this in about 12 more months. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Please come while you can, Lord. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So, Max, this next segment is uh, just uh, some questions, some lightning round questions. Some of them are, are from our uh, listeners, from some of your fans, and or and some of them are just questions that we would like to know. So, the okay. first question is, what is your favorite food? I think my favorite food would be Mexican food. Okay. Uh, it's it's not good for me usually because <laughs> I'll just eat so much I'll just be miserable later but i yeah i love cheese enchiladas uh, uh -huh. man of course i'm in south texas so tex-mex is on every corner uh -huh. but I, I love mexican food my favorite tex-mex is chewies have you ever been there oh yeah i love that hard ranch. to beat chewies hard <laughs> 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 i'm married to a health food nut 
Okay. And so really the only time I eat Mexican food is when I'm not with my wife. Right. Because she doesn't, she doesn't like what it does to me. <laughs> I've got high cholesterol and I've got things that I have to really watch. So. Sure. But I'll sneak out every so often. <laughs> don't, don't tell her. Please don't tell her. <laughs> is there a favorite movie that you like? Man, these are good questions. Okay, I'm going to test you here. Cinderella Man. Yes, that's it's um, a, it's a, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. yeah. And he played that boxer. Uh-huh. I forgot the name of the boxer. It's based on a true story. Yeah. I probably only say that because we watched it like in the last month. Of course, I watched it when it first came out. I think it was like 2004. Yeah. Uh, but we watched it again, and it's just a beautiful story. Yeah. A beautiful story. Yeah. Uh, Good story. What it is. What is uh, a thing to do outside of ministry? Like um, outside of when you're not ministering to people or, or writing books or doing interviews and all that stuff, what do you like to do outside of ministry? Yeah, I really enjoy golf. Okay. I do. I'm I, I love golf. If if I had taken all that hours that I have spent trying to learn to hit a golf ball and gone to medical school with those hours, I'd be a doctor by now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've really tried. But you would play golf with me and think you've not paid any attention to how to swing a golf club. <laughs> I'm I'm really good so, at putt putt, but I don't know about golf. Are you? Well, good. <laughs> it's a good habit not to take up. What is your favorite place to visit? Um, we love a little area in South Texas called Horseshoe Bay. Okay. It's on Lake LBJ, named after the president, not mm -hmm. far from where he grew up. Uh, there is a, a region called Horseshoe Bay. We actually have a little lake house there, and uh, right now it's brutally hot, so it's not a fun place to be. But when the weather's better, I enjoy being there. Yeah. All right, Max. Thing, uh, the one thing that you would do outside of ministry, what would be the one thing? You mean if I uh, like a different career or? or yes. Yes. Uh, hmm. Well, the one thing I would love to do is be a country western singer. Okay. okay. I, nobody would want me to. <laughs> but yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, there are two things I've always thought would be the coolest thing in the world. Number one, to hit a home run at a major league baseball game. Just one home run. I don't need more than that. Just yeah. one. Just to do it. And then number two, to sing in a country western band. Okay, I would yeah. love it. I would love it. You know, I live here in San Antonio mm -hmm. and am uh, honored. Forgive me if it sounds name dropping. It's really not. But George Strait's a good friend. Mm -hmm. And I've asked him, you know, George, don't you need me? You know, could you, <laughs> could you use me? A little, you know, Amarillo by morning. I can yeah. come along. He has never, ever taken the hint. I don't know <laughs> what is going on. My favorite George Strait song is I Cross My Heart. I love that song. Oh, that's gorgeous. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. 
What is your favorite ice cream flavor? These are like the burning questions everybody wants to know. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I have prayed about this answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> cherry vanilla. Cherry okay. vanilla. Yeah. Yep, I like that. Um, what is your favorite podcast? Oh, Obviously, Christian Music Guys <laughs> yeah, podcast. That's a great answer. Is there is there another answer to that question? Yeah, that's what we were hoping for. <laughs> now, this is going to be kind of a hard one because, well, you probably know the Bible from beginning to end, but what is your favorite Bible verse? What's your go-to verse? Well, it's John 3.16. I mean, I'm a, I'm a saved sinner. That's it, period. Mm-hmm. I was headed toward disaster. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him, and I'm a whoever, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Wonderful. It's always a message that can constantly stay in front of you, and it constantly gets new revelations every time you, like, say it. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, so where um, can... Where and when can anybody get a copy of your book, Help Us Here? Well, um, anywhere books are sold, obviously. I mean, yeah. Amazon, any bookstore. Even most uh, Hobby Lobby carries my stuff. Um, okay. Even Walmart and Target. They don't carry all my books, but they carry a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Help Us Here can be uh, pre-ordered at maxlocato.com. Okay. Or even Amazon.com. It can be pre-ordered. I believe the release date is September 13th or 14th, so, somewhere in early September. Okay. Uh, but a person could go ahead and order it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, would, Max, would, oh, go ahead. Will you be doing an audio book like you reading? Yes, the, I am. Oh, I am. Okay. Funny you should ask. Yeah. Uh, because I don't typically. Uh, okay. I, I mean, it's not that I don't want to. It's just the wear and tear on a voice, mm. oh, yeah. especially as I've been preaching now since 79. And, and I, even as you and I are talking, I'm sucking on throat drops. So yeah. I always passed and I, I said, let some professional read my book. But, yeah. uh, but this time I feel very passionate about this topic. And so I will record help us hear audio book. I think next week. I'll spend two days okay. in a studio doing that, and it'll yeah. be an audio book. I was going to okay. say, if if you wasn't up to the up to doing it, we could ask George Strait to, to record it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but I, I will say, I'm a I'm an avid um, book listener. Are you? Um, so, for the life of me, I cannot read like. On, from a book, I will read yeah. like a few pages and and then yeah. I, I squirrel. Well, you're not alone in the that. next. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> I, uh, lo- I love listening to books. Yeah. Audiobook. I can pop in my headphones. I can cut yeah. the grass, and I can literally finish a book in a day. Yeah. And 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 know everything that it said. My son-in-law is the same way. He goes yeah. through a book two or three a week, I think, and yeah. he loves to listen to them as he's falling asleep at night. Oh yeah, uh, it's a it's kind of a way for him to. So, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> well, Max. Hey, there t- was a pun in that. I hear you. Yeah, uh, yeah. A pun. 
Oh, yes. So to wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God has been doing in your life recently that would help build our listeners' faith. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, so my wife and I went on vacation mm-hmm. about three weeks ago. And uh, we went to a city in Mexico. Uh, it was supposed to be for our 40th wedding anniversary last year. COVID made us delay it. So mm-hmm. we're 41 now. But anyway, uh, I've already told you I'm a safe saint, I'm a safe yeah. sinner. Uh, I, I, my brother died of alcoholism. I'm very convinced I was headed the same track. Uh, another struggle that I've had to monitor all of my life is I have to have a filter on my phone uh, and on my computer. Forgive me for being honest here, but I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, I, I uh, don't like the thought that I'm a click of the computer away from a picture of a naked lady. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've always had filters on my phone, always had filters on my computer. I just mm-hmm. don't trust myself. Mm-hmm. And so we go to Mexico and uh, check in, and I make sure my computer's fine, and it is. But then I had issues with my computer, and I said, well, I'll just go down and use the business center. And uh, I realized, tapping into the business center, there's no protection there, none whatsoever. Well, there I was, you know, a thousand miles away from home in another country, and uh, I'm four floors up above the business center. At any point, I can take the elevator down and, and do what I know I shouldn't do. And I, I, guys, I just hated that I, I still struggle with that temptation. I just hated it. So, uh, but the Lord protected me, gave me strength. But I had, I told my wife, I told my wife that I was struggling with that. And I cried as I told her. Because I said, honey, you're the most beautiful thing that's ever come into my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I, but still, I need you just to know that I, I have this battle. Uh, and so she prayed for me. She prayed for me. Most beautiful prayer. Would, would that every husband could have a wife like I have. She wasn't jealous. She didn't get angry. She didn't storm out of the room. She said, honey, I love you, and I, I don't get that world, but I can pray for you. And so that's not a direct answer to your question, but yeah. it is just about the most wonderful thing yeah. that I could ever ask for. Uh, you know, maybe there's a, a woman listening today, a wife, or maybe there's a husband listening, and your wife struggles with something. Uh would you please do what my wife did? Would you be the person who prays? Not before before you shake a finger or criticize or, or even pass judgment. Uh, my wife knew I didn't like that about me. She didn't need to tell me that. And she, she didn't tell me that. I felt like a snake. You know, uh, yeah. here I'm 67 years old. Why am I still struggling with that? Again, I'm grateful to God. There was no fall, no stumble. Yeah. But what I found is my wife is willing to be my ally. 
my friend in that and uh and made me love her even more made me love her even more and i didn't think that was possible so that's what the lord is teaching me yeah. and that is his mercies are new every morning Amen. he's still with us he'll take care of us he'll walk us through things we're never called to be perfect we're called to just trust with childlike faith mm-hmm. and uh he'll get us home safely yeah. yeah and and i mean even with like your significant other with your wife being open and vulnerable can break down so many like walls and everything just the fact that you were able and willing to say hey this is something that's happening this is something that's going on with me and then her response of course was the perfect one and being you know let me pray for you and not just judgmenting or like judgmental or you know tearing you down but it was building you up and just being able yeah. to be open is is you know iron sharpens iron so mm-hmm. yeah being able yeah. to do that and see that yeah and in a marriage that's sometimes hard you'd think it'd be oh, easy yeah. but yeah mm-hmm. but um yeah anyway yeah so i'm a i'm a blessed man aren't i yeah oh yeah <laughs> So how can our listeners keep up with you? Well, call my parole officer. That'd be the first thing. (laughs) (laughs) He he, he always knows where I am. (laughs) No, uh, you know, we have maxlocato.com and, um, that's the that's the primary thing. I, okay. I still preach. I'm not senior pastor anymore at our church. I'm kind of I'm not retired, but I don't head up the staff any longer. But I do still preach, uh, okay. twenty or twenty five times a year, and uh, I do some travel. I don't travel as much as I used to, mm-hmm. uh, but I I, I still uh, accept opportunities, and I may be showing up, you know, here, there, or the other. Uh, you're are are you in Chris? Are you in Louisville too? I am yes. I've yep. preached many times at Southeast Christian. Oh yeah, I oh, yeah. love that. I love Bob Russell. He's retired, yeah. and yeah. then Dave Stone. And now, now Dave he's is retired. retired. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Kyle's so, good, yeah. but it's just Kyle's a great man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful church. A yeah. wonderful yeah. church. Wonderful yeah. people. A spirit yeah. of humility. It's just a beautiful place. And Louisville's a beautiful city, man. I I I think it's one of the greatest places on the planet. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I love it here. But, I mean, I'm born and raised, so I'm, I'm a little You're biased, partial. I guess. Yeah. You're partial. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate it so much. Thanks for taking yeah. time with yeah. us. Certainly. All the very, very best to you all. Well, thanks, Max, for sitting down with us and talking with us about your new book. We certainly encourage all of our listeners to go check out Help Us Here. It's available everywhere you get books now. And thanks again, listener, for tuning in this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. We'd like to ask you if you have a chance to go ahead and go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, five stars, and let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know who your favorite artist is and what you'd like us to ask them. You can find us on all social medias at Christian Music Guys. Keep up with us also, ChristianMusicGuys.com, where you can also find out information on joining our support team. We certainly appreciate all of our supporters and all of our listeners. We'll see you next time.